another episode of Herspiration Happy Hour season five. This is actually episode 30. Should be 31, but last week, thanks to Hurricane Ian, we was not able to celebrate Cortina finishing her dissertation. And so she is now Dr. Cortina Peters. Yay. But is your unapologetic diva, Dr. G. This is Cortina Peters, AKA the girlfriend therapist. Oh man, you better run that back. Wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. You better run that back. What, you're, you're who? This is who? <laughs> I, I, it's so difficult for me to say it. I don't know why. Yeah, well say it, cause go ahead it and say it. weird. Nope, we're not trying to hear weird. This is the girlfriend therapist, Dr. Cortina. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I wanna hear, you gotta bring this out. Who are you? Oh, so, Dr. Cortina Peters, AKA the girlfriend therapist. <laughs> Cheers. Okay, we can finish. Look, we can yeah, finish yeah, the rounds yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's going on, Cortina, Dr. Peters. Uh, I am the blue phoenix, Louise and her And, young lady, you are. Oh, me. Hi. <laughs> I'm Diana Richardson Philippus, the networking extraordinaire. Okay, y'all see, we have a co host today, and you know, of course, Diana, she was on our show. Don't ask me for what which episode that was, but she was on our show when I was in Miami actually, um, so in September. So she's back here as our co host, and uh, Louisa, the Blue Phoenix Heels, what are we sipping on today? We are popping champagne bottles because we didn't get to pop them last week. We popping them bottles for our new doctor, Cortina Peters. It's going to be a newlywed soon. I mean, it's just so many wonderful things happening for Dr. Peters. I'm just, we just got to pop the champagne for this one. Yes, uh, yes. I know, right? So now, y'all, I'm trying to... I'm trying to, I'm trying to post really quick um, on here so I can... Uh, you know how I get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to... Look at here. You know, Facebook has really like kind of got a bit delirious because whenever I try to post things now, I almost have to just post a link. Hmm. Yeah. So it's, you know, yeah, sorry about this. What happened with technology and thanks to uh, Facebook. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, now, now I'm good to go. Now I'm good to go. So, ladies, it is Wednesday, and like every Wednesday, we shout out our WCW. Who are you shouting out and giving love to today? Well, I'm going to shout out Miss, uh, I don't know if you all did this when I wasn't here, Cheryl Lee Ralph, only because uh, I think she's freaking awesome. I actually had the privilege of meeting her in person um, at, it was like a Black Women's Expo. When I was in, okay, I always get these two places mixed up. I was in Indiana. I was in Indianapolis. Okay. So I always get Annapolis and Indianapolis mixed up. But so Indianapolis, Indiana um, at a conference and we went to, so you know how conferences are. All the melanated people, we kind of gravitate to one another because it's only a sprinkle of us. And we all decided to go because the women's 
expo was happening that weekend. So it was like, oh, let's go here and see it. And um, so for a lot of my life, I worked with communicable diseases and HIV and AIDS. And she's a huge advocate for HIV and AIDS organizations. And so uh, she was there as a vendor and I was able to take a picture with her. And I actually got one of her diva uh, shirts that support uh, HIV and AIDS. And so it yep. was amazing. And she's so down to earth and so great. And I'm just so excited for her for the awards, um, the nominations and the awards that she's won. And I just think that she's great. She's an inspiration. It, it goes to show that no matter your age, no matter what you have going on in your life, mm -hmm. it's never too late to live out your dream and to receive the recognition that you deserve when you feel like you've been passed up for other things. But, you know, God's delay is not denial. And so being able to really, um, you know, honor her for, for that. I love that. And I interviewed her because she has her diva foundation Yes, for, yeah, for that. And so we had one where it's like diva where they were singing and performing to raise money for AIDS and HIV. So I've had the pleasure of interviewing her as a journalist and she's so super awesome. Yeah. Then I met, a, um, I can't even think of her name now. When I was at the NAACP National Convention, I met someone who was a really great friend of hers. And she was like, oh, you got to do a video saying hi to her. So I congratulated her on her Emmy Award. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think that's something so special and it's so deserving. I mean, it's very delayed, but it definitely was not denied. So Correct. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah. Uh, well, I will go next um, because I'm, I'm for so many reasons. I'm choosing my WCW. So her name is Laquita Ricks. She's an HR director for the state of Louisiana, but I'm choosing her because October is Domestic Violence Prevention Month. And she talks about and celebrates her story, not just as a divorce coach, but as a domestic violence victim. I hope to get her on the show some point in time. I and mean, we're booked for this month, but her story will give you the chills, like un unbelievably, I'm talking thrown through walls type of give you chills. So I'm choosing her because one, she's a recovery coach. She's a divorce coach. She's an HR consultant. She's just an all around amazing woman. And, and just for her, because, you know, and I'm going to tell her to go back and, and watch this episode. I just want to say, I'll say to her, 200 Pula, and she'll know exactly what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I got my braids done in South Africa for 200 Pula, which is like $20. Yeah, the braids are already out, but... Uh, for two for 200 pula again if that's like twenty dollars in botswana and money and that's how much i paid to get my hair braided and she paid you know you're in the states i'm normally paying like 280 to 300 dollars for mm -hmm. some small uh, box braids but i paid 200 pula so i kind of that's my that's like my low-key humble brag to her not so humble but mostly a brag um but she's an all-around just a, amazing woman awesome so who's going next uh, I'll, I'll go because okay. I want to uh, shout out my aunt Willette Birch um, for a couple of reasons. One, she graduated uh, last Friday um, from uh, life coaching class. We were actually in the same class. And this is her first level, her first year of it, on top of her being an uh, evangelist. So she was working in the church. On top of her still dealing with losing her husband of 35 years, mm. um, on top of her moving back from South Carolina, I mean, she's been really 
going through so many different transitions. And I just want to shout her out because I'm so proud of her for keep going. I'm so proud of her for not giving up at 70 that, you know, you can still do what you want to do. You're able to move forward and, and try new things and love again because she actually wants a boyfriend. You guys, I'm, I'm surprised. She said that to me. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, and so I'm just so really, really proud of her for, for continuously going on. I'm proud of her for not um, being afraid to love and being afraid to learn and, and just be who she is. So I'm proud of my Will Ambert job. Absolutely. All right. All right. Go ahead. Get your groove back. No, that's right. Get the boyfriend. Get the groove back. Just look. All right. Diana, who do you have? Well, and in light of the book that I've been reading, um, I have chosen Viola Davis. Oh. I am reading her memoir, um, Finding Me. It is absolutely magnificent. Mm. Um, the trials and tribulations that she went through to get to where she is today is just, it, I mean, it's mind blowing. So, you know, hats off to her, you know, most definitely. Viola Davis is one of my favorite actresses, you know, by the way, and just going into depth with her story and, you know, her childhood and all of the adversities that she had to go through, you know, coming up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in Rhode Island, you know, mm, I don't want to give away the book because I want people to go and read it, but it's, it's very deep. And um, yeah, Miss Viola. I'm going to have to check that out. Oh yeah, it's a great read. I'm almost uh, it's a great read. Are you doing it on ebook or is it on? Oh no, I like my paperback. Or, or I like a paperback. I, so even with B Michelle Obama's book, mm -hmm. I have the paperback. But when I find out people narrate their own books, mm -hmm. I flock to them because I want to hear them tell it in their own voice. Mm -hmm. Even if I have the book, uh, that's the same way with, um, you know, you met Dr. David Glover when you was here at my home and he wrote a book born out of pain. And when I say y'all, that was a tear jerking book. Even though I bought the book from him before I even got the book or got the signed copy of the book, I downloaded the audio because he told me he narrated it. And even when you narrate, you can tell things are like missing, but it makes it twice as impactful. So you really feel there, there's a sense of something that you feel when people narrate their own books. So I'm going to buy her book, but I'm hoping they have the audio book because I'm, I'm an audio person right now because I spend my days writing and reading. Well, writing and reading, and I don't want to have to necessarily pick up a book, but I'm always down to listen. Um, but I do support authors. I mean, I got a ton of children's books right here. Thank God those are easy to read. But I try to choose books where I can indulge in uh, audio books because I'm always I, I want to give my eyes a break, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I totally right. understand I know, I know. So, you know, speaking of that, um, we didn't get a chance before our guests get on here. We did not get a chance to celebrate Cortina last week, but I really want to have this brief discussion until our guest arrives talking about her dissertation because it wasn't just your typical dissertation. First of all, so well, <laughs> we're gonna have you. We're gonna have you drop the goods that you didn't get a chance to in about four or five minutes uh, before mm -hmm. our guest comes on. Uh, if we get a little longer, if he runs a little late, okay. But tell everybody about your dissertation, and also tell everybody what you got your doctorate in. 
Um, so my doctoral degree is in clinical sexology. So I've been a sex therapist since 2013. Um, and it's a passion of mine. I absolutely love it. I went into the, the field of sexual health, um, working for comprehensive AIDS program in 1997. And then I worked for Planned Parenthood for a number of years. So I've always been, it's always been a fascination and an interest and a passion of mine to do something dealing with sexual health, no matter what it was, whether it was your sex life or the actual health part of it, the physical health part of it, it's always been something that was important to me. And so when I decided what to do my dissertation on, I, I kind of went through a few different things because I was going to do kink and kinkish relationships within uh, the black community. And so that's what I was going to be writing on. So why we don't talk more about the kink lifestyle and why aren't we visiting different things and opening up and exploring. So that was my mindset in the beginning. But then I said, you know what? I could do that once I'm done. I want to do something that's really going to be impactful to the field and that people can walk away with. Not just a research project, but something tangible that people can use and that it can last. And so something else I thought about is, communication within relationships, mm. sexual, specifically sexual communication. And so one yes, of the reasons yeah. that people come to therapy a lot is because the lack of sexual discord. Okay. Why might there be a lack of sexual discord? We're not communicating effectively our wants, needs, or desires, the things that, yes, we're, into and the things that we're not into. However, we can't effectively communicate those things if we ourselves don't even know what we're open to and close to. So I tell people like this, if there's a hundred possible sexual acts that you can engage in that you like, however, you and your partner only stick to these five because we're not really talking about it and we like it. There are 95 other behaviors that you and your husband or partner or significant other or just sexual partner would be open to doing. Well, if we talked about it more, we would know that we are into these other 95 things, which could increase our ability and our level of satisfaction, Come our on. level of pleasure. And if we can talk about these things that's difficult to talk about and remove the shame and the stigma that's associated with it, it would increase the likelihood that we will begin to talk about other things that might be that might be causing problems within our relationship. So um, my product, I have two products. But the, the main product that's available to everybody is called Sex Unveiled. And so Sex Unveiled is a card game that you can play with one to six people. And basically it's in the, it's like, um, it, it goes by red, yellow, and green. So you would read the card and you would say, oh, um, giving head or blowjob, right? Ooh. So based on if you read it, you're either going to hold up a green card, a red card, or a yellow card, which is going to indicate are you open to it, close to it, or neutral to it. After you hold up what where you stand, you then have a conversation about why you answered the way that you did. One, it gives you insight into what your partner might be thinking about, why they might be close to it. Or you might discover, oh, you're open to that too? I never thought to ask you because I didn't want to be judged. And so that's where we now start more open conversation as it relates to sexual interests and desires, wants, needs, and things that bring you pleasure. Oh, okay. 
So, I love it. I need that game. ASAP. I know. And I look, I know, game. right? So we're gonna we're gonna touch back on that after we talk to our guests because let me just tell you, even reading about our guest today, Emilio Diaz Barroso, um, wow. For just just wow on so many levels. So he, he wrote a book called The Mystery of You. Freedom is closer than you think. But it wasn't even that that made me sit back and say, wow, it was his bio. <laughs> it was like, so I, y'all, I've got to share this here. So he perfected the art of appearing very successful. That's a lot of us. We appear one way, but it's something else. But he, so he manages two family offices, a venture capital investment firm, sits on the board of over a dozen companies. But up until recently, he was always trying to get somewhere other than where he was seeking recognition, achievement, uh, love, success. And finally, they, he said the ultimate carrot, enlightenment. But in his pursuit of enlightenment, he was forced to face what, what, what all the seeking had been, he had been trying to avoid, or he's been trying to avoid, his own sense of unworthiness. Defeated at the game of becoming and humbled by the realization of his true nature, he is now dedicated to alleviating suffering on the world. He's the father of three incredible teachers and he resides in Los Angeles. So we're going to bring him on because I have so many questions. So many. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, welcome. Oh, I love coming into this. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So introduce yourself and then we're going to hop into it because your bio is a mouthful of 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 what we all especially entrepreneurs or busy working people attempt to i guess achieve or want or think they want yeah yeah thank you i i mean i i can start from the beginning i, I grew up in mexico city and very type a and i so from an early age i really wanted to prove myself mostly prove myself to my dad uh but if I was honest, prove myself to everyone around me. And uh, I really subscribed to this idea that I was going to, at some point, get enough external validation that I would rest and be okay. And uh, and that was just a long journey of exhaustion. Mm. And, and deep down, what I was really trying to do was not slow down enough for my own sense of unworthiness or not good enough to catch up to me. So it was like any time that surfaced because I was comparing myself constantly to everyone, then it would I would immediately cover it with anything I could, uh, mostly early on accomplishments. And those included, you know, I love that, that this is sort of so female focused. I was an ass to women because I was so focused on, um, how can I say it? Needing someone else to tell me how special I was that I became really good at showing all the things that I needed to show. And the moment that I got the validation for feeling special and I almost, my hooks and my security was engaged to some degree, then I felt like mission accomplished. And now I could sort of go and move on and create other plan B's and plan C's and plan D's. And so it was, and I, I, I say women just because I think that's an important context in this, in this forum, but, but it applied to everything. Um, all kinds of relationships or business and certainly career. So that's kind of what, what has led me to the point where I am now, which is 
having slowed down enough and popped some of those assumptions, I now realize that um, that a lot of us are under that same spell where our, our software and our programming is just outdated. Yeah. So I have first, before I make this comment, I'm going to tell you, I love Mexico City. The Cafe Con Cayos, if oh, I can yeah. find them, if, if I can find them anywhere else and you know i would uh i i just need to go yeah. back just for that one little thing because i can't get it anywhere else so i absolutely yeah. love mexico city for that then second why do y'all have so many starbucks i don't get it I, it's <laughs> like it's you can stand outside I, I swear you can stand outside the embassy which is where i worked i was a diplomat there and 11 i could count 11 starbucks uh, it's like every yeah I, I don't understand That's the that. crazy dichotomy of Mexico. <laughs> That's like, what is going on? But so let me get to this question because I, I often look at the word unworthiness that's a that's a very profound to, word to use and you said that you know you was trying to avoid you know it, your own sense of unworthiness. Why such a word choice and what do you feel like you was unworthy of, or I guess internally about? Yeah, you know, I would have never used that word or would have never acknowledged anything similar to that growing up until relatively recent because I thought of myself as really special and I thought I've got it all figured out. And I'm, anytime you would ask me, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's all perfect. And, and I and that's why I say I really perfected this art of appearing that way because I even perfected it towards myself. Uh, yeah. what, I, what I came to realize is that this sense of feeling not good enough, ultimately was always there. And I would accomplish things and feel better about myself, but they were always sort of things that were coming on top of, they were layering this inner sensation that the moment that those faded or weren't there, this other sensation would surface. And I, I, most of what I do nowadays is mentoring. So I mentor a lot of entrepreneurs and people that seem incredibly successful on the outside, really, big CEOs and all kinds of people of all different ages. And it almost feels like the in the Western, West society at least, the core of the trunk of the tree is not good enough, unworthiness, fear of abandonment, and the branches are plenty, right? So we can, we can enter through a branch and pull it, but inevitably, it's been my experience, I always end up with people when they are sort of, when they can be still enough to recognize that with some version of, I don't feel good enough as I am. Oh, wow, that's that's a lot. Diana, you like you was about to ask something with somebody. Well, I wasn't, but I will. <laughs> Hi, Amelia, how are you? So when when you say, you know, not feeling good enough and, and, and a feeling of unworthiness, on your journey, you know, to recognizing this and ultimately finding enlightenment, you know, on this journey, did you, can you identify what the root of that was for you? Mm. I think there were many roots. I don't think it's unique to me because I'm a parent to three kids, currently Absolutely. teenagers, and I notice how I unconsciously programmed them early on before I started doing all this sort of questioning my assumptions to show me how good they were subtly, right? Mm -hmm. If they did something right, I would compliment them for what they did. 
And then what happened from that is that the next time they did that same thing, and it may have been something really interesting, like a cartwheel. Like, whoa, you see that cartwheel? That was awesome. And then eventually, at some point, the next cartwheel they were doing was a little bit outsourcing their joy to the recognition that they were going to get from me after doing that cartwheel. They would do the cartwheel and look over. And, mm-hmm. and I think there was a lot of that in my upbringing, where it was, whether it was grades or cars or girls or whatever it was, that I, I forgot the inherent lovability and outsourced it to the world. So this constant seeking for more was my way of filling that void that I just hadn't uh, addressed. Well, that that's very um, interesting. And I can honestly relate because I think that a lot of times, um, a lot of people are seeking constant validation. And that may, or I know, at least on my journey, you know, that runs very deep. You know, um, you want, of course, I think validation is good, you know, a good thing for people to want. Um, Or should I say people do need a form of validation at times. You know, when you do something, you have certain successes. Of course, you want that recognition or you just want someone to say, hey, you know, good job. But it is a journey um, to know that if you are unable to get that or you don't receive that, that you're still okay, you know? Yeah. yeah. I love that okay. distinction because that, that really is critical, right? Uh, oftentimes mm-hmm. we think, well, but validation is, is okay or wanting more is totally okay or wanting. And, and I think our, our minds operate in sort of binary outcomes at time. And I was like, oh, it's either, either you're okay with that validation or you need validation and you're sort of operating out of this egoic not-enoughness. But my experience is that I can really soak in and appreciate and crave that validation from a place where exactly what you're saying, my sense of well-being is not dependent on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then whatever I go for comes from a place that is a lot cleaner and less clingy and sort of filled with expectations. Absolutely. So I have a question regarding unworthiness because I know some of the things that you touched on and then I want to talk about your book. Um, With regarding to unworthiness you've heard of the term i guess or the i don't know what it's called imposter syndrome what mm-hmm. i guess that's is that like a real diagnosis now in the ds in the dsm no. it's, not a, a it's DSM. not a diagnosis but it is kind of like something that you can ascribe to where you feel as right. though i'm faking it i'm going to be found out i don't deserve to right. be here but i'm here i got here on luck not by my own merit or you yeah. question your ability to really be able to fit in like Oh my God, you're not really looking at your abilities that got you there, but it's like, I feel like everybody else around me is like so much better. How did I get here? It's luck and all these other things. So we do in the therapeutic clinical setting talk about imposter syndrome a lot because it okay. is a thing, but it's not but, a diagnosis. So it's like, I know it's a psychological, there's not even a disorder. They consider it, I, I guess, like a almost like a symptom or an occurrence or something that people go through. Um, So how would you say that that differs from like what you would consider where you were at? Because I know you said you was layering things on, looking for attention. And oftentimes a lot of us who have imposter syndrome feel unworthy of what they've achieved. Mm -hmm. So how does that differ a little bit from feeling unworthy in the sense that you were using the term unworthy? I think it's it's very similar in the sense that it's 
some way of creating a narrative that tells us this moment is not okay as it is. And therefore we are not okay as we are, right? And whether that is because we are denying the things that the imposter syndrome sort of on the, on the linear scale of progression, let's say, right? If I make progress and I deny that progress, that is, that is some embedded mechanism of safety. I mean, it's like, if I, to, if I truly embraced progress, if I truly embraced myself, then some part of me thinks, and then I would stop running as quickly. Then I would stop putting as much effort. Or then I would, you know, whatever, then I would believe it. And, and I think we are trained to punish ourselves. We're trained to be our worst judges to some degree. I grew up Catholic, for example, and it's really embedded that I must really earn and it must be really hard to get somewhere. And if I get somewhere and it wasn't really hard, then something must be wrong. So I think that's the so that's the, the composition. But again, I think that's just one of those branches, right? And and if I can, I don't know how deep I can go, but if I can go a little bit deeper, at the end, the sense of self that we operate out of, by definition, is limited, right? We I think we all know, and, and we can be sort of metaphysical, spiritual, or even scientific, that we are not what we think we are. Right? We are not limited to this particular lim- body and mind. We are, we are so much more than that. Mm-hmm. And I think we are trained to believe that this is all we are. So from the perspective that this is all we are, we will always experience lack. You know, there's a deeper part of us that recognizes our wholeness. And it's like something is not matching here. I have those moments where the sense of me as separate fades off and I am one with humanity and there's a deep intimacy whether it's in the presence of a baby a sunset state of flow whatever you want to call it and my um, what I'm proposing is that that is a much more natural state than the one we normally operate under oh I love that when we're chasing when we're chasing worthiness from that place of separation it's a very tough game because it will always just be a little bit far away or will it'll be impermanent, right? We'll get some sense of something that makes us feel complete, but then it'll dissipate. Wow. And so the mystery of you, freedom is closer than you think. What was the aha moment for you that said, I've attained this level of freedom from myself, from my own thoughts, to say, I now know how to give it to others. What was that transition like for you or that aha moment that said, I need to write this book? Yeah, I, I, you know, when I was starting out in my path, I was very engaged in the world and I was very doing lots, I'm still am, but I'm doing lots of things, a parent and all these things. And I was reading all these self-help books and I was reading about these inline masters that sort of had this inner freedom and peace that I so coveted deep down I colored it because I think if I had got there, it would be so special then that, you know, that that would be the ultimate, like, Oh, now I'm super special and I will never be abandoned and I won't feel unworthy. But, but what I wasn't ever exposed to back then is someone that matched my lifestyle. These individuals lived very unique sort of lives where they were teachers or gurus or lived in a monastery or didn't have, they weren't running big jobs or children or anything like that. So some part of me, believed that this level of freedom wasn't available mm-hmm. until my life was this part of my life was complete until i retired until my kids were out of school or out of the house until and so this book is really an invitation for anyone that has that inner calling say no no it is possible it's not either or 
you can be in the middle of the chaos of modern day life and live a now I want to distinguish what I mean by peace and freedom. See, because I used to think freedom meant I'm always going to be in bliss and joy and everything's going to be perfect and I'm never going to be heartbroken. And I and I want to sort of be clear that the type of freedom I'm speaking of is one that lives life so openly that it's a big yes to life. And this big yes to life includes the heartbreak, includes the deep sensations and emotions, but it doesn't carry with it the additional layer that I used to carry around that is always pushing back and saying things should be different. Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. not okay. See, because if I can be okay, even with the parts of me that are not okay, to me, that's freedom. Yeah. So I wrote the book so, partly for me 10 years ago or 15 years ago. And because I, a lot of the mentoring that I do, I see the common denominator, like this template for most of us mm -hmm. that, you know, we're, we're, we're running through the same cycles. We're, you know, the, 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 the things that help one of us usually help most of us. So this is my attempt to sort of reach a larger audience rather than my one-on-one -on -one mentor. Okay. So there was a whoops, there was a question asked, how does this correlate with Maslow? And you know, of course, Maslow has the hierarchy of needs where self-actualization, esteem, uh safety needs, psychological needs. You know, how does that correlate with that? Or do you feel like it does at all? Because of course, Maslow is like, you talk in 1940s. <laughs> so just, you know, always go back and look at the context of, of things. But how do you, how does, do you feel like this correlates at all with uh, Mas the Maslow theory? You know, to some degree, it's a great question. To some degree it does, to some degree it doesn't. I used to always talk about the possibility of inner freedom, and then I would, add a subtle disclaimer that said, as long as you have your basic needs covered, right? That, that bottom of the pyramid of Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. But then I've seen people that are in very limited economic circumstances and appear so content. I'm sure we all have, and we've seen the opposite, right? Clearly, but, but we've seen people that have so little and yet their spirit shines so bright that I felt like it wasn't fair to those individuals. Like they're living these lives and they're modeling that that's possible. So it's like, I'm no longer going to give that disclaimer. Now, having said that, it, it, for me, it, it certainly, I imagine it is, and for many people, the luxury to dedicate your sort of an investigation of self-growth and reading books and maybe going to workshops or even being out in nature and, and taking a break from sort of for someone that's having to work three jobs or, you know, living in the streets, it's a different life circumstance. Uh, I I don't know because I haven't experienced those life circumstances, whether that is an impediment or not, but I have seen people living in those circumstances that appear incredibly content. Mm. All right. That's, that's, oh my gosh, that's, that it always gives me something to reflect from personal experience. You know, I think, um, for years and i and i talked about this even in a book that i wrote that i felt like i overcompensated in certain areas of my life so i didn't have to deal with my personal life it's like oh career great academics great but i was i overcompensated in those areas because internally how i felt about myself was not good and i always say that's like toxic i was really toxic in the way that i thought and so when i when i was looking at this freedom i i have since like you reached a level of freedom where i am not what i do i am not what i i've achieved and 
even I have friends that some of my friends who I share stuff with who are a little higher up that I that are like mentors to me. A good example is when I was in when I was in Forbes and I was like, oh, I was in Forbes. And his exact words to me was that ain't shit. I was like, wait a minute. What? And he said, that's he said, trust me in in the years to come, you're going to realize that that means nothing of where you're going to achieve and what you are going to do, that's going to not matter as much because you're going to do something greater. And to have someone give me that, it made me sit back and think, he's right. But I also don't define my life by what I achieve. I just thought, oh, this was a milestone. And he was like, yeah, okay. But he's also done other things. But it made me, me, made me it humbled me to realize that Yes, every milestone is great that you reach and you should celebrate it, but don't think that that's enough or that is something so special that's going to be more special than who you are and what you have to give. And that's how he broke it down to me. And I was like, oh, I get it now. So I, I love that you have the mystery of you and what freedom actually looks like. So when you your book when you when you said you know what i'm go i'm going to write this book who were you writing it for we always pick an audience who were you writing your book for you know mostly to people that feel like they really kind of like what you were describing yourself as like they mm -hmm. are running fast they are achieving they are doing and they're somehow they know that there's value in slowing down, that there's value in looking at themselves, um, but they keep postponing it. Mm -hmm. And what I'm suggesting is you can, you can run, you can be out in the world, you can be doing all you're doing and still live an incredibly free and fulfilling life. That inner peace really is fully available in the middle of all of our chaos. And yeah, you know, <laughs> I was gonna say really quick, so now I have to ask, what, what was the pandemic like for you? Because I think the pandemic forced people who was running nowhere fast <laughs> to slow down. What was that transition like for you? And was this book a part of, or was the pandemic a part of your slowdown and self-realization at any, in, in any way, shape or form? It, it, by that time, I was already pretty still on the inside. I, I spent a good amount of like I, I would do 10 to 12 silent retreats a year for about eight years of my life. I was I was very committed. The same the same sort of I'm going to be successful and make money. I'm going to be enlightened and I'm going to do that. And, and obviously that was just as silly, right? Because I used to think enlightenment is going to solve all my issues. Uh, so by, by the pandemic time, I was I was already in this place. And I want to be distinguished. Slowing down doesn't mean running any slower. Mm -hmm. right? mm. Slowing down is an inner experience. Mm -hmm. And I want to, because your audience is, is probably highly, highly uh, feminine in nature, whether it's men or, or women, I want to invite something that I discovered later on in life that seems to be incredibly valuable, uh, but more accessible for the feminine body or for the feminine energetics. There's a Zen koan. Koans are these sort of images that in Zen provoke a certain contemplation. And they're usually cryptic and mysterious. And this was not that cryptic, but it's a, it's a, it's a figure with a, with a pole on its head, right? And in the front, it's got the carrot. And in the back, it's got a bag of poop. Mm. And okay. I, 
I was always very familiar with this idea of like, oh, there's the carrot and I'm going to, I'm going to try and get it, get it. And I think they call it hedonic, uh, the hedonic treadmill in psychology, sort of this, this idea that we're never going to get to the carrot, the mm -hmm. final carrot that's going to fulfill it. And that I, I, I had understood. I mean, that doesn't mean that I had fully understood it, but I, I had heard of the concept, but the bag of poop was new for me. And the idea that we're always running away from something was novel. And the solution for me, like one of the things that I was running away from was uh, jealousy, right? Because mm. I grew up uh, very jealous because I, I, my parents got divorced, but they didn't tell us that they were divorced. So then they were seeing other people, but they tried to keep it together for the kids because we were still young. But I would see all this confusing energy of my mom flirting, my dad out with someone else. So I, I always was on the lookout for being sort of someone's going to cheat me or be disloyal and and jealousy was one of those bags of poop. Mm. And the the thing that was most, because I approached it through psychology, I did a lot of therapy around that and many other things, but spiritually I approached it. But the only thing that truly unraveled it was stopping and letting the bag of poop hit me. And the bag of poop can only hit us in the body. And that's where I'm saying, I think the feminine has greater access to the energetics of the body. If I tell you all, you know, where do you normally experience your frustration, your anxiety, your stress, it's likely that you'll be able to identify it somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Throat, solar plexus, belly. So mm -hmm. most men that I mentor are like, what do you mean? And I was like, how does it feel? It feels good, it feels bad, it feels... But, but the ability to use your body as the gateway for curiosity into the present moment because if I, if I can tell the story that will make me feel jealous and immediately my body will report that, right? And we all have our stories that will report sensations. My relationship to that sensation has always, how do I keep it down? How do I outrun it? How do I convince myself that I shouldn't be jealous? All these things. But when I opened up to it, so I turned my back to this bag of poop and let it hit me and say, okay, what does jealousy feel like fully in my body? And I'm going to feel it to such a degree as if it was never going to go as if it was going to be here for the rest of my life. Okay. That was um, transformational. Wow. That, you know, I want to ask you about that because that is transformational. That is addressing your issues. But would you call running from the bag of poop self-sabotage in a way? Because you, you, you kind of... Like Pam was saying, she put more attention and time into all these other parts of her because she couldn't deal with a particular part of herself. Yeah. Would you kind of consider that sabotage without knowing? It's like subconsciously, maybe? You know, I think we can only handle what we're capable of handling at any given point. Mm -hmm. And I give the analogy of a little kid uh, sleeping in his room, right, or her room. And she thinks that there's a dragon in the closet, a monster in the closet. And at certain stages, she'll sleep with the lights on or she'll go and sleep in, in mom's or dad's room or she'll go and sort of figure out a way or sort of block the door. And maybe she matures a little bit and she'll say, there is no monster. Look, well, turn on the lights and look. And at some point, that kid is capable to go into the closet, turn the lights off and go to sleep in the closet. That's, that's a level of maturity that says, I'm here. Right. Whether everything prior to that is sabotaging, I would I would more call it coping 
Okay. And we perfect different mechanisms to not experience the deep sensation that we've been trained to avoid. And that's why freedom is so relevant to me because this, the freedom is not being able to outrun that dragon or convince ourselves that there's no dragon, right? The freedom is to let the dragon kill us. And it literally feels, some of those sensations for me feel like death. It's like, I'm so used to, it's almost like when, when, when my heart's getting hurt and I'm leaning in instead of leaning out is, is very counterintuitive, but it's very freeing. Wow. That's, a, that's, I have so much to think about. Yeah. No, <laughs> I always say, I you know, know. I, I always say I'm a work in progress. I mean, even, even though I feel like I live my authentic truth, I always feel like there's an awakening that there's something else that I need to learn about myself. And so reflection is big, big to me. So just, you know, I'm going to definitely get your book because I'm always looking at what freedom looks like. And, and freedom is such a, it's always such an interesting word to use because we, you know, freedom to me is not always defined the same way. So, I mean, kudos to you to just say freedom is closer than you think because freedom looks different for different people. And, you know, it was that intentional. It just to answer that really quick and then we'll find out where we can get your book from. But was the word freedom intentional because, you know, well, let's see. One, it looks different for everybody else. And then two, authenticity looks different for everybody else. Yeah. Thanks for picking up on that. It really, I, the last thing I would want is for people to subscribe to a new set of beliefs or dogmas or ideologies of how something should or shouldn't look. It's this, this is really an invitation to be your own scientist, to be so mm -hmm. curious into the mystery of you that you are discovering it for yourself using your, your own guidance as the compass. Mm -hmm. So yeah, absolutely. I love that. And so where can, where can people purchase your book from? Yeah, they can go to emiliosbook.com. It's Emilio. Hold on, I'm going to yeah, write this down. Yeah. E-M-I-L-I-O. Is, is it book or books? Book. This is my only book. It's well, really you never a writer know. or a teacher. Or a, <laughs> maybe it'll be plural. And by the way, well, well, you never all know. Uh, yeah. All proceeds. Uh, so Emilio's with an S at the end. Emilio's oh, with book. the S at the end. Hey, I can fix that yeah. really not quick. The, not yeah. the end. Uh, in the middle. Sorry. It, yeah, oh yeah, Emilio's book. Oh, yeah. okay. So I have I was, that here now. Emi oh, what happened? Uh, Hold up. Let me see. Let me fix that. I got all kind of stuff I'm over here posting. So let me beautiful. correct that. Yeah, I was going to share that all uh, all proceeds go to a foundation uh, develops curriculum for school children, uh, well-being curriculum. So. Oh my gosh. So you, you and everybody knows, you know, look, get Emilio's book because as somebody who is a children's book author and I'm all about supporting literacy and not just reading literacy, but how literacy is tied to life, definitely get Emilio's book because it goes to a really phenomenal cause. So I'm all for that. You know, um, where can people follow you or find you online? Uh, I am just new at this whole online thing. The, uh, uh, Instagram, I have a handle, and if, if they go to Emilio's book, the website will have will have some of those uh, links in there as well. Uh, okay. I think E, e D S Barroso, but I'm not gonna make you write that down. <laughs> it's a long, it's a long name. 
Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's not, well, it's not too bad. So yeah, you all check out Emilio's book.com, follow him on social media, get his book, the mystery of you. Freedom is closer than you think. And again, your freedom is your freedom. And he already letting you know that there is no, no structure in terms of, of, of a guide to say you have to be a certain way. And that's what we're going to love about it. So definitely we're going to follow you. I'm going to get your book because I'm always interested. Is it available on, um, I was talking about this earlier. Is it available on ebook, uh, uh, audio book and regular? The audiobook should be out shortly, but the, the oh. digital Kindle and the paperback, all that's available now. Okay. All right. We thank you so much for coming by and hanging out. Uh, if if you decide to write a second book, make sure you come on back so we can have a conversation it. about it. But we definitely appreciate you for come, stopping by mm. and dropping them gems and the nuggets because yeah. now you've given everybody something to think about. Yes. Yeah. Thank you all so much for having me and for what you do. All right. Thank great you so much. Have a great, have the great, great rest of the week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, that was so amazing. Like, I'm like, wow. Yeah, that was very deep. I got work to do. <laughs> I, was like, I have work to do. Cortina, you're laughing. I'm like, I have work to do. I, I like to think that. that I'm a work in progress. And so here's the other part with me. We are not the same beings every day. And, and I acknowledge that about myself is that I'm constantly evolving and I'm constantly changing. So I have to learn new ways of handling and giving myself grace and giving myself freedom and giving myself authenticity because I feel like those are all different things for me. But as I have grown, especially over the last two years, whoo, I learned some I learned some stuff about myself that like, whoo, I need some work. I, I need to make these shifts. I need to make this shift. And what about the rest of you? Do you all feel like that? As Miss, look, first of all, you couldn't even say Doctor Cortina Peters. So let's start with that. I just, I just think it's. I don't know. It's just weird. I don't know. But you're gonna feel like that, honestly. I'm gonna tell you. You work so hard. When I first got my doctorate, which ah, oh, y'all, it's been eight years. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. When I got my doctorate eight years ago, I think I was so mentally exhausted. It was hard for me to, one, believe, <laughs> and then two, to have some level of normalcy back to my life. It took years to feel normal and even like you, Cortina, acknowledge and say that this is something that I achieved. I think I'm more excited about the actual product probably than the degree. Like I'm not, I, I mean, I'm grateful for it, but I'm more excited about the impact the product is going to have on the field and saving sexual relationships and improving Baby. sexual satisfaction versus everything else. And so like my whole focus and everything was like, oh my God, I guess sex unveiled. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, oh yeah, by the way, that's how I became a doctor. Yeah, so it's kind of like <laughs> an afterthought almost, if that makes sense. Yeah, what about what about you other ladies? Um, do you feel like as your evolution has taken place that that's changed what you felt as freedom? Has it changed the way that you have to think about yourself? How you, what authentic truth looks like for you? I would say absolutely. Um, you know, as I continue on my journey, you know, over the last 
three, four years, you know, I continue to evolve. You know, I'm not the same person I was last year. I'm not the same person I was the year before that. And I'm always in a constant state of, I like to call it checking myself. You know, I, I, I mentally check because it's very easy to get wrapped up, you know, in the Oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. Or this person's doing that. Maybe I should be doing that. You know, you always have to check in with yourself. And I can honestly say, as I have gotten older, because I do believe sometimes this comes with age and, you know, maturity, as Emilio, you know, Emilio, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. I don't want to butcher you, are. you know, so eloquently said, you know, as we mature, you know, you get in tune with yourself. So to answer your question, yes, you know, I, I have those experiences. I'm always, you know, checking in with myself, you know, and I, I believe wholeheartedly, you know, you really do have to get in tune with yourself and find that peace, you know, and, and peace for everybody is different. You know, my peace is grounded in faith. You know, and, and that's my link. That's what I go to, you know, and I feel myself spiraling or mine going 50, going 90, as I like to call it. And then I can't, I'm just all over the place. I'd be like, mm -mm, mm -mm, Diana, it's time to get this word and get back grounded and, and refocus myself. So, yeah. Okay. What about you, Louisa? Well, I have had to do that several times. I used to, um, have a fear of success and I don't even know where that came from. So when you approached me about one horse rage happy hour, I was so excited. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But once we got off the phone, I was laying in a bed and I started shaking and crying. And I'm like, what is this? I was so excited. I was so happy. And I'm like, wow, this is going to be amazing. And we were talking about all the things we're going to do. But a part of me was so scared to do it. I didn't, you know, and so I realized that happened whenever things were coming for me. Good things were coming and things I worked for were coming and I would have a part of me say, okay, uh, is this real or do I deserve this or what did I do to get here or I'm not worthy of all this or just self-doubt and all that. And I finally just, as I began looking at myself, like she said, checking herself. Well, I'm always talking to myself. I'm like, okay, why do you feel this way? I evaluate myself now. I um, go in because usually those things are stemmed in things from your childhood. And so I go now and allow whatever feelings I'm having to come and go and search for where those feelings come from. So I haven't had those feelings in a long time. And um, things that come up now, instead of me feeling like, like running, I'm excited and I stay there mm -hmm. and I actually look forward to the future endeavors and I actually am visualizing and dreaming and, and manifesting and doing different things instead of being scared to do it. So yeah, it is. It's awesome. And can you believe it's been what, two, almost two, four years? I'm, yeah. yeah, it's like, wow. You know, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. It's just amazing. Yeah, I'm, and I I'm always say I'm grateful for you ladies joining Herspiration Happy Hour and the time that is dedicated to this and everything that we do for, you know, to enlighten the world and share stories and, and everything that we do for 
I, I mean, we've had some serious conversations here with people. We've had some raw, honest, open conversations with people. Woo! You know, and I mean, and we all have been balancing and juggling life at the same time. So the dedication that we have here, I definitely recognize. And the fact that we've had over 5,000 um, downloads is, is really good. And just like we are booked right now, if you want to even be on the show, because we the last show would be on November 30th. And right now we're booked all the way out to November 2nd. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know it's it. It's a great feeling. It's a great, you know, just, oh, you know, it's like, oh, but, you know, because we used to have more time to ourselves <laughs> to talk yeah. about things. And now <laughs> and now we don't but like Cortina, we're going to have to find time to celebrate you uh, once it settles in on you. My question for you is when, when am I going to get my cards and will they be autographed? I want to catch it before you become really big and I can say it's going down. I know. Right? I know. Look, if I, I just want to be able to say before she gets all high and mighty and like we're sisters no. right now. And then I become a stepsister that's no. long. No. No. And I'll be no, like, man. look here. I'm going to be like, look, let me, let me, I have cards. I mean, I have, I bought her cards and she signed them. I want my, I want my card box signed. I'm just I'm excited. Excited. I want to know where I can purchase it as well because she put them on here. She put it in the group chat. She put it in the in the chat here for everybody to get it. Yes. Um, the product page, sex unveiled. Mm. When are the card? When are the cards coming out? So they mail out November first. I needed to wait because I did it to after I would be back from the the wedding and everything. You have them with you? I have. You never seen the cards? I I had to show them for my um. I'm, no, excuse me, ma'am. I'm talking about mine, the one that you're gonna be delivering, sending oh, out on November first. Cause no, I see you no, next no. week. I see you no. next week, and I just I want. My, I I was like, can I get mine early? That's all I'm saying. I have. Hey, what happened to my other ones? They're missing. See, she already on some next stuff. Out. She. So. They're. Here oh, you have them. Forever. Yeah, bring me mine. No, because I re I re formatted them and so i want for you to have the actual um look at her face look at her face what's the word i'm looking for the actual product <laughs> that's going to be released to the people these are the prototype, the prototype. that i received so i want for you to have the actual ones that are the Why way can i have the prototype I'll take a prototype. Well, because the colors are a little different. Those so, can different. we just get one question? Can you just pull one card, one question? Because oh, we, yeah. I mean, I'm an open book. I just bought the joy of sex for me and my husband. He was like, Well, what you what you want to do with that? We need to talk about this. Okay. okay. So, really quick, just before we start talking, Louisa, tell everybody where they can follow you because I'm gonna stay going on and I know you gotta hop off and go around the corner. I, around the corner, y'all. I am um, the Blue Phoenix. You can catch me at the Blue Phoenix Hills everywhere. Uh, and I'm going around the corner to both sides of the coin at 8 o'clock with G.I. Mo. Did you see my message? I still ain't got my invite, but okay. Bye. Oh, um, for sure. So really so really quick, can you can you read a question from the cards before we have to go? We got like one minute, but I can spare five. Yes, Ooh. I can read a question. Um, okay, okay. So okay. one of the questions is a facial. So 
on the cards, it'll say like a facial, right? And then below it, it'll give the definition or description of it. And so that's having your partner ejaculate on your face. So are you open to, close to, or neutral to that? Or um, um, I like this card game. Erotic spanking <laughs> would be the 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 uh, sexual interaction, and then sexual play that involves striking another person with the hand or an object like a flat a flogger or a paddle. So um, some of the other ones are sensual biting. Biting without any attempt to break off any part of your partner, chew it, or swallow it. So sexual biting, sensual biting. Um, bondage refers to the practice of consensually tying, binding, or restraining a partner for erotic, aesthetic, or um, somatic sensory stimulation. Uh, another one is pegging. A sexual practice in which a woman performs anal sex on a man by penetrating his anus with a strap on dildo. So these are all of the, and those are, Ooh, I mean, there's yeah. 119 cards that you have in the deck that you can pull from. So, yes. Okay, y'all. So, y'all can get that. <laughs> my mom said, Oh, God, my mom said, Hell no, I'll stick to missionary. <laughs> <laughs> in there too like for example, using the bathroom in front of your partner are you open to oh open yeah or neutral? i'm open number I'm one open. or number two it's for you to have the conversation about <clears throat> okay well anyhow look go to www.iam Cortina Peter, c-o-r-t-i-n-a-p-e-t-e-r-s.com backslash product dash page dot Sext S E X D dash unveiled U N B E I L E D. Get y'all cards. I'll take the prototype, huh? Ah. Okay, I'll take the prototype. But you know, where can people connect with you from Diana? Where can they follow you? Get everything that they all the all the goods of things that you're actually out here doing. I'm look, I'm tongue tied because that know. whole that strap on dildo took that that strap on dildo took me out. Um, that part right there. I, I mean, hey, but you know, that's a conversation. I don't know. It I'm is not, a conversation. I don't know. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. glad that he'd be looking at me like, what? But anyway, <gasps> you can connect with me at, at Diana Richardson Philippus, P H I L L I P U S. Okay. Uh, and, but also, not only there, where else can they find you? Oh, they can find me on my website. They can find me on Facebook at She Is Diana. My website, sheisdiana.com. And more importantly, empowerwomenempower.com. Okay. Uh, Cortina, where can people find you from? We done posted that. Let me, while you give your stuff, let me put your website back up there for them cards. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, we can find me. Where can we find me? Uh, the Girlfriend Therapist on all social media platforms. Yep, that's where we can find me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And second. And the Noir Center. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, the Noir Center. Uh -huh. yeah, I'm going to get y'all get y'all right today. <laughs> All right. And you, know, and, you know, you can find me at I-A-M-D-R-P-G-U-R-L-E-Y. I am Dr. P. Gurley. You can also follow my Kids Red Carpet page at B-G-B-B Kids Red Carpet. And, of course, follow my children's book page because if you want to know any book that I'm releasing, because I release for a year, 
Got another one coming out soon. It's Brown Girl, Brown Girl and Brown Boy series, or Brown Girl, Brown Boy series on all social media. Follow in, tune in. Next week on our show, let me give you the name of whoever's on here next. We have with us Kelly Powell on Herspiration Happy Hour next Wednesday. Y'all, we are having some bomb conversations, and we're gonna we because we didn't get a chance to celebrate Cortina, we're gonna be like doing this in choppy pieces because there's not another episode until November where we're solo. So we're gonna we're gonna get more into this. I just can I get the prototype? That's all I'm okay. Never mind. Um anyways, y'all, until next Wednesday, like we always say, and you know, my, my glass is now empty. Cheers. Cheers. See you next week. Bye.